Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. I'm here today with my co-host, JC. That's me. And I was dancing during the intro music. Sorry if I made everyone laugh in the background. (laughs) (laughs) We're here today talking about managing a small business. And we have our guest, Tina Kuga, here to share with us some of the pros and cons and maybe the mishaps that may have happened in her life. (laughs) Hello, Wendy. Hello, JC. Hi. So our last section here, you know, I just want to, I want to get a little bit real, right? You know, we've talked about um, picking vendors and, and we we're going to be doing a whole training on that with Aurora. And so, um, you know, for those that are listening on, on my podcast, make sure you, you connect with me and figure out when that's going to be. I believe it's in December. We have to choose uh, vendors, which is going to help us not lose our mind. We really should train our managers or in this in some cases the owners on what it means to be hr and i don't know maybe some laws not to break (laughs) yeah that's very important but um so how would you combat that so that's a great topic that you bring up because let's say you have those managers or you have that owner that you have to train let's say or educate on certain practices but they may not be open to that so how do you combat that because that does happen quite a bit. You know, I don't know that HR stuff. I don't want to be responsible for that. I've heard that before. You know, you're the expert on this and I don't need to be involved with that. So how do you combat those challenges? Because that- Yeah, in, in, in the same question, it's uh, if you don't even have anybody on your team that knows anything about HR, that conversation that you just, you know, <laughs> threw out there doesn't even happen because right. everything's going over everybody's head. Right. It's like, what? What's going on? I don't know. We were supposed to have a poster up. You know, the posters are the least of my worries. But that the one thing that I just uh, encountered recently this year um, with a client and I had to get an employment attorney involved because I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I know enough to say we need a lawyer, but they had posters up, but they had posters up that weren't relevant and actually then said, hey, you got to follow these laws now because you put that poster up about FMLA and you made oh. it seem like the, the employee has the right to take time off under the Family Medical and Leave Act, but you don't have 50 employees. employees. Yeah. And so, folks, again, be careful of what you're slapping up in your in your handbook or on your on your walls, whether, whether it's a virtual wall or not, because you may think, let me just cover everything and throw it up here. And you may get your, be getting yourself in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> you, know? you said you said a key word that triggered something in my head, Ms. Wendy. So the word virtual, and I think both of you may appreciate this one, virtual currencies fluctuate in value every day, every minute, every hour. And employers who choose to pay their employees in cryptocurrencies may unintentionally underpay employees, resulting in FLSA minimum wage and overtime violations. Another virtual consideration there. 
oh my god, I don't, I don't think we have enough time for that. <laughs> I know. That's just so intense right now. But you are absolutely right. The value of like crypto, for example, that fluctuates within the second. I yeah. mean, it's just like a ticker. Yeah. So okay. it's so a, so for purposes of today's advice, I'm just going to go out here and say it. Don't do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Until. There's, we have more information, but if you were my client and you asked me, hey, can I pay them in crypto? I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. No. <laughs> so so combine that, that combine that with what Tina said. So now that leader wants that and they're impressing that upon you. And, and now you, the HR person listening to this training today, listening to this podcast today, rather, uh, you, need, you need some tools on how to have that discussion. So yeah, yeah. How, how would the two of you have that chat with the leader? Well, the first thing I would say is, okay, so I'd have to ask him many, many questions. And one of them is what state are you in? What county are you in? What city are you in? What's your zip code? Um, what's the employee zip code? Because that's what I want to figure out. What laws comply? Because um, JC, regarding pay, uh, many states have laws about pay of you can't, for example, force your employee to take direct deposit. You can ask them and you can make it available. But if they choose to have a paper check, then you have to um, comply with that. And so that's just, you know, just getting into that whole crypto conversation mm -hmm. there. So right. I would imagine if you can't afford them to have direct deposit of U.S. dollar, then you probably can't afford them to have uh, crypto. What do you think, Tina? Yeah, no, that, that's I agree with you on that. Um, but kind of going off a little bit on what we talked about earlier about trying to talk to a business owner or let's say the president of this company, you have to really speak it in terms of what's in it for them. Yeah. <laughs> and so you really have to somehow, I, I, I use the word pitch because I'm in sales as well too, but as you're pitching this to that business owner or that president, you know, when you're speaking in HR terms or um, maybe, you know, terminology they're not familiar with or comfortable with, um, you really have to speak to them about what are those consequences? You know, what are those things that, you know, maybe it's more profit. It could be something where if we implement this HR process, there might be more profit for them. So you really have to kind of engage and get to know who that leader is um, and who that decision maker and what kind of drives him or her. Um, and I think that also will be very helpful too when it comes to trying to implement something such as crypto. Um, and that's in a very unusual circumstance, but it, it can't be possible. You just have to find out what the motivation is from that owner and why they want to, you know, go that direction. Well, look yeah. at this. We're back to sales, Wendy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And, and that's what we started out with this, uh, with this podcast talking that HR, a lot of HR is sales because you have to, you have to shut up and listen and you mm -hmm. have to say, okay, what does my employee want? What does my coworker want? What do the managers want? What do the owners want? Why are we all here? Why are we having whatever conversation we are that we're having right now? And, and then, you know, also, the other uh, arm of the pitch to the CEO, the decision maker, mm -hmm. is the risk management part. So mm -hmm. if um, there are some there's some business owners that are like, I just want my employees to have an amazing experience, and that's why I want to have them pay crypto or have this benefit or do this or mandate time off or whatever it might be. I always try to say, okay, that's great. I love that you're there. No, not all small business owners or any business owners are pro-employee. Then I have to talk a lot about risk. Okay, let's talk about best case scenario. Let's talk about worst case scenario. 
best case scenario, this is going to happen. Worst case scenario is you're going to be on Wendy Sellers next training as a bad example of management. You're going to be on the EEOC website. You're going to be on the news. You know, you're going to be other people's podcasts too. And so it's really selling them the, hey, let's think about this in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like to use scare tactics because then that's what they already think about HR is that we're all negative Nellies. Um, but I do want them to know like, hey, there's some legal risks here and we might want to do just like we would do a vendor assessment, right? We need to do a risk assessment. What's going to happen if we do this? Let's think it all the way through. Any wise words of advice there, JC? <laughs> Amaya, not so much. I immediately shifted to the thoughts of, okay, well, that person just got on every news channel and podcast out there. <laughs> Let's talk about succession planning <laughs> for the small business owner. I mean, that is something yeah. you have to consider from the human resources perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, not just the succession planning, but then also like how you were, you were saying, um, if they're quitting, you know, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to wrap this up in a pretty bow, even though it's not a pretty bow? Like, are we going to give them, so we did something wrong and we're admitting it or we're not admitting it, but we're going to give them some kind of severance and make them sign some kind of non-disclosure agreement. Mm -hmm. This is where it's important for small business owners, any size business owners to make sure you do have some kind of legal connections, even if it's not an employment attorney, uh, most small business owners are going to have some kind of a business attorney. And then Tina, like you mm -hmm. mentioned before, you know, we have connections and that business attorney is going to have connections. And so nine out of 10 times, they're already going to have some kind of business attorney um, it, for, for setting up their business or whatever. Mm -hmm. Make sure you call that attorney and say, hey, I have a situation going on here. You know anything about employment law in our state <laughs> um, or do you know yeah. anybody you can refer me to? No, that's that's great advice. Um, definitely try to get an expertise in that. Um, I know uh, just from a business standpoint, we've had to sometimes use consulting services for something that happens. But same thing on the employee, you know, employment side or employee side. Um, but you want to make sure they do kind of specialize that expertise because even though it is still law, it's very specific to that you know area. So just make sure that you have the right expertise. Yeah, and and making sure it's uh, sorry, J. Steve, but making sure it's uh, it's in the state all the way down to the zip code. I can't stress this enough. Um, and then all the way down, the industry too, right? Um, very, very much the industry because whew, there are some industries that are, whoa, like wholly complicated, especially during the past couple of years of COVID. And, mm. you, you know, usually uh, right before we, we got on the podcast today, I got a, I got a message um, from a training that I did. And it was like, hey, a client or a, um, an attendee had this question. They must've been watching the video version of it. And I said, I can't answer this via email. Here's my contact information. Just have them call me, tell them I won't charge them because I have like 17 questions to ask before I can tell them yes or no. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Hey, it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to open up this can too wide, and I'm going to let both of you please shut me down right away if we're heading down a bad path, okay? But as we know, it could be small business, big business. When we think about the country, things are changing. There's, there's an evolution afoot over the past few years. And California's AB5 law, compounded with Proposition 22 out there, really changed the face of the independent contractor examination. It was primarily aimed at the gig economies such as Uber and Lyft, 
And then a ballot called Prop 22 came along and undid AB5 for many app-based drivers, and then that was overturned as well. This is a hot-button debate, and there's been a lot of talk about a national push for a realignment of the independent contractor versus employee determinations in your HR universes. How much has this impacted you? And if it hasn't, are you ready for the future? Because it's coming, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. Talk to me. Well, I think it really depends, too, on the industry. So, for example, I work with a lot of independent contractors, um, insurance agents here in the state of Florida, um, an independent contractor, a 1099, if you want to call that. Um, they have certain rules here in, actually in Florida um, that are not the same as like an independent contractor. It's a specific industry. So make sure that you keep track of the industry as well. But like, for example, I can give my agents leads which in turn, technically, you would see that as a resource, yes. right? So if I'm giving them tools or if I'm giving them a lead is, you know, considered part of that business operation. But yet for us, it hasn't been impacted. What kind of worries me is that it will kind of go um, national eventually. And those are things that I need to be aware of. How does that change my business model? How does that change my recruitment practice? You know, as of now, it's fine. But then now do I have to reclassify them? And yeah. what are they, what are the consequences or what is, you know, for that happening? And it, is it going to cost me, you know, more money to have those things in place? So those are all those things that kind of go in my mind when these things happen. So yes, I would definitely stress to employers out there to be aware of these, um, you know, laws and such that are coming up and change frequently. Yeah. And, and JC, during the pandemic of all times, when a bunch of other HR laws changed too, there was some readjustment of independent contractor um, uh, rulings, um, both in the Department of Labor and IRS, so that it made it a, the, what an independent contractor is, um, not the same, but similar under the Department of Labor and under IRS. But I think this is going to be an entire new podcast series that you and I are going to need <laughs> to do some research and maybe get an expert in on. So let's hold that for now. And in the meantime, Tina, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you if they have any insurance needs or if they just want some advice in the HR world for running a small business? Sure. Um, my email address is tina at insadvisors.com. So tina at insadvisors.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn at Tina Kuga, K-U-T-I-N-A. K-U-G-A. Um, and then my website for my insurance um, agency is insadvisors.com. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody knows how to reach me, Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. Um, the best place is LinkedIn. I am a LinkedIn junkie. And of course, thehrlady.com. Thanks for coming, everybody. Chat with you soon. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the <laughs> HR Empowerment Podcast. <laughs>